Welcome to CS Radio. Hello, everyone. Welcome to CS Radio. This is episode 178. I'm J. Michael DeAngelis. I'm Natty Leach. Natty. Michael. By the time everyone has heard this, spring break. Have, they'll have enjoyed spring break. Vegas. Vegas. Cabo. Sam's going to Vegas. I am. <laughs> really? Cancun, Puerto Rico, those are other popular destinations. Yeah. You're going yeah. to all of them? No, no. <laughs> just Vegas, LA, and San Francisco. Yeah. Okay. We were just talking about Vegas this morning and Natty's high roller status at Caesars Palace when he was 11. Yeah, I was like 14 <laughs> or something. Yeah. Good times. I, I had a whole big witty opening ready for this, and it's gone. It's gone out of my head. Muse. Reneging. Yeah. Going back. Going back. I mean, let's just dive right into it. I, I, I was sitting at my desk while you were in your meeting, and I was plotting the uh, the opening of the show, and I was like, that's how I'm going to segue like this, and I'm going to zoom like that, get a couple of laughs, and then go into the topic. And then you were late, and it went out of my head. So it's all your <laughs> My bad. <laughs> I reneged on- uh, Yeah, on, on your agreement to be here on time. On time. Well, if you haven't uh, figured it out, folks, today we are talking about uh, reneging on a job offer. And what does that mean? Uh, exactly what it sounds like. Uh, it comes up quite a lot. Um, and uh, it's one of the things that has really changed in my time in career services, sort of our stance on this, but also the circumstances- uh, in which it happens, which is a student gets a, a job offer, accepts it, and then along comes another job offer. A couple of days, a couple of weeks, a couple of months later, and it's the job offer that they really wanted. And so they accept that one, and they call the original folks back and say, I know we had an agreement, but I'm, I'm, out. I'm out. When I first started here, and really all the way up to, I don't know, about five years ago, it was a real like hard line in the sand we drew. That is not something you can do. It could seriously hurt your reputation. It could seriously hurt Penn's reputation. But over time, we've had to change our stance on that, in part because some industries are recruiting so far in advance now that it's really understandable that maybe you've changed your mind a year and a half later from when you first accepted this role. Or even if you haven't changed your mind, circumstances, circumstances may have changed. changed. Yeah. Um, and that's, that's part of what we're going to talk about. But like sometimes things change outside of your control where there's some more flexibility there. I think in terms of our understanding of this issue, we still want our students to avoid making a bad impression. We don't want them to harm Absolutely. their reputation and we want them to be in the best position possible for their job right now or their job that's coming up soon and staying within that industry or staying in good graces for the future too. Um, and of course we always like our employers to be happy because we want them to love Penn students. Um, but at the end of the day, we also know that there are things that come up and it is a, a challenging topic to think through. It can be really stressful when, you, you're applying to all sorts of things. You're spending tons of time on an application. You're really, um, you're networking, you're putting yourself out there and all you want, all you want is for someone to, to accept you and give you a job offer until you realize, wait a second, if I accept this, then what about those other things I'm interested in that I also applied to? And then it goes from that, like you just want to get that acceptance to then realizing that now that I have this acceptance, there's this whole other world of a problem that I didn't realize existed until now. So it often becomes a, an emergency or a crisis when we meet with students in this situation because there's a real 
time component where they have to make a decision by a deadline and they're juggling all these things in their head for how to make the decision. Yeah, we've talked several times, I think as recently as, as last week we even touched on it, about um, you know deciding between two offers, thinking, is there a right, well, what's the better, like what's best for me? Is there a right way and a wrong way here? Yeah. Um, but once you've made that decision, generally speaking, we would say, you know, st- honor that Decision. Honor your commitment, right? Yeah. Honor your commitment. Uh, uh, you know, honor your agreement. Um, but now we'll put an asterisk on that because sometimes life gets in the way, right? Or circumstances change. So I thought it would be good today, and we're going to be using from our good friends over at the Muse. They wrote a great article about this that is really in line with sort of the career services way of thinking here at Penn about. When it might be necessary to do this, how you might approach it, uh, but also when you shouldn't do it. <laughs> um, so I think it'll be a uh, a great topic of conversation um, that'll touch on a, a lot of different aspects of uh, student life. Yeah. So let's start with the the situation. Like, what what what's the kind of situation that we think is most common? The Maybe a student comes in and they have uh, an offer on the table and they've been given maybe maybe a week to, to get back about whether they've decided to accept it or not. But they also just completed a big interview at their top company yep. or top firm and they, they haven't heard back yet, but they still have this other offer they got to make a decision on. Um, so h- how do we think about that and what, what do we look for in that situation? Yeah, absolutely. And uh, so many different things weigh into that decision. Obviously, something you can do to start is to try and ask for an extension, see how much time you can buy yourself. They may or may not be willing to do that or may not be willing to give you as much time as you possibly need. Um, But it comes down to that question that we often have raised on the podcast. This is like, you just got to weigh, you know, is a bird in the hand <laughs> worth two in the bush, yeah. right? It's like An offer really- in hand is really valuable. So I, I think the, the Muse article at the end really hits home the point that we try to make sure students know first and foremost, is, which is exactly what you just said. You can always ask for more time. Right. Um, first stu- thing to do. And right away. I think sometimes students will stew on it and not be sure how they want to approach the situation. Sometimes they wait so long that it's like maybe – bumping up right to the day and sometimes they think like oh if I, if I wait to ask until right when they'll have to give me more time but the longer you wait the less opportunity they're absolutely they'll be yeah. more hard line or they might even not even get your message and then just it might pass you by exactly um yeah. so always get in front of them as soon as possible um and what people don't always realize i mean starting with obviously the person who has an offer on the table for you um ask them for more time and what I always tell, like, students are worried it's going to hurt. Like, oh, people are not going to be sure. Oh, if I was, like, not worrying about this, how, like, how is that going to impact their perception of me and my interest in this job? Um, I hear that all the time, that, that students feel that that's what's going to happen. But at the end of the day, they've invested time. Right. They've, they've invested bo- money. People, they've already made the, the recruitment. Offer. Right. They've invested so much because they want you. Yeah. They, they really want you to it's work It's hard to feel like you've, got a little bit of power in that situation right so they may like it may be that because of corporate policy or their own timelines they're not able to but i think 
You got to ask, right? And it will always it it always benefits the company to stick with the person that they're giving that offer to because they don't have to start from scratch. They don't have to go back and find another candidate that maybe didn't go as far through the process or has changed their mind since they interviewed them That's a while exactly ago. That's exactly right, right? So, you know, you do have leverage. Even if it seems like you don't, you do you have do, leverage. You do, right? Because giving you an extra week will still be less time than if they have to go back and and start even with someone they interviewed to start the negotiation process and the offer process all again. Yep. So, definitely start there. And I, and, and being appreciative and excited goes so far where when you when you ask for that more time, like if you're being a jerk about it, then that might hurt your reputation, right? If you're being really hard oh, sure. and saying, I mean, yeah. this is offensive, like oh, I need more time, I, yeah. how could I possibly no, make a decision? nicely asked. Be, be appreciative. I'm really I'm excited, excited about the opportunity. This, but I need some time to think But about. I'd love if I had a little bit additional time to, to make this important decision. Um, that's all you have to say. Now, uh, what about approaching it uh, on the other end as well? Can you go to company B and say that you haven't heard from yet and say, hey, could I, is there any way I could find out by Friday? Absolutely, yeah. You can ask to expedite the process for that other company. The only thing I would say there is you might want to be careful if it's really not a top choice. If you have um, company A and that offer is in, and maybe you have company B and you have company C. And maybe company B is really your your choice above a, Mm -hmm. but company C is not like, I probably would not ask, don't ask company C to expedite the process because that'll be a bad look. If you're going to choose them, no matter what with the, the offers that you have available or that you anticipate. When I think about this, I really do try and think about it in terms of my top. I'm waiting on that. Who's my favorite? Yeah. Um, because it's an easy sell then. Cause then you're telling them, I you, you can really I love your organization I like this is the per, who I've always wanted to work for blah 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 like whatever kind of really sells your interest there so then that it, it'll yeah. feel good for them and yeah. they'll want so, to like, help I you. I really want to come work for you, but I've got an expiration yes. date. But I mean, if you do that and then you they they expedite the process and they give you an offer and then you turn them down. No, oh, no, that's the that, that could that's be the a worst. Bad that, that could be a bad be, That would be something we would be totally because. Here's what I don't want to ever see. I don't want to see a student pitting two recruiters against exactly. each other. Uh, and then go back to A and be like, well, you know, I talked to B and they're ready to to hire me. But, you know, if there were $10,000 more on the table, I could see my way to <laughs> to your company or, what, or whatever. Um, that's not a good look, not at the entry level in particular. No, certainly not, not. ever, but particularly not as a someone just starting out. But but a great like way to approach it in like the perfect world scenario where at the end of the day there's rarely going to be a perfect world like these t- these timelines might not match up. So the best thing you can do is find a way to help them line up by either asking offer the offer on the table to extend or the offer you're waiting for to hurry up. Yeah, or maybe and do both the and you'll meet in the middle. Yeah. yeah. Ideally that would work out great. Um that doesn't always it happen. It doesn't though. always happen, but it's where I I think it's absolutely where everybody should start. Yeah, that should be your goal always. And then at the end of the day, I mean I tell students this, you have to be real with yourself. At the end of the day, you'll need to make a decision. Absolutely. Um and like like we were saying earlier, that offer on the table is still valuable and probably this goes into our conversation last week, but if you're choosing between a great company and a great company or a great job exactly. and a great job, you're probably still going to have a great And, experience. you know, 
it if you um, take the offer in hand and you let you know the top choice go because they were taking too long, stay in touch. Yeah, be stay really polite. Write them and say I'm so sorry, but I had this. I had an offer in hand, and I, but I, you know, keep me in mind for the future. And after a year or two or three, maybe you end up at that dream company. And they, they'll respect that, right? Like they'll they'll respect that you uh, were respectful of their time, that you kept them informed about what your decision was. Um, I think it's the best look, even if it feels like, man, I really wish I could have worked for a company B. Um, you might still work for them. And doing this will keep you in a good position to explore that a year, two years, whatever it might be down the road. I uh, I've spoke many times on this podcast about my interview process the first time I interviewed career services, but uh, I don't think I've said too many times about sort of the the offer process because I did get that offer, but I was interviewing for two other jobs, and if you had asked me at the time, career services was definitely in last position because the other <gasps> two jobs were theater jobs, and I heard back from Penn, and then I heard back from the one theater job I didn't get and then there was still one theater job still on the table and I had the offer from Penn now to my advantage <laughs> Natty and I know how slow the wheels turn at Penn, Penn is very so slow. in fact the offer I had was like this weird hypothetical offer because particularly back in the day they couldn't they didn't want to send offer letters out Unless they knew you're going to accept it because it took so long. So I remember getting this call saying, if we offered you this, would you accept it? And I'd be like, well, are you offering? And they're like, well, I can't say we are. But if we did. It's still kind of like that. Would you, would you accept this? And after some back and forth, I said, yes. But, of course, I would need to see. Yeah an offer letter, right? Like I understand this is not an official offer. So they got the process started. So I had some time built in, but Penn was waiting to hear from me and I was waiting on the other uh, theater job. And I remember I was at lunch with my dad. Was My dad came home in the middle of the day from work and was like, let's go to lunch. And so I was uh, having lunch with my dad and we were talking. He's like, so like, you know, what do you think's going to, what are you going to do? I was like, I really feel like they're going to offer me this, this theater job. And uh, while we were talking, they called me at, and offered me the theater job. And to my own shock, I turned, I turned them down. Um, there, the, it just, there was something about the, uh, the conversation and the offer they were making that I felt like, oh, Suddenly, I feel like Penn's a much better choice. To this day, I couldn't say. I mean, this like the salary at Penn was a little bit better, but it wasn't like a lot. Yeah. I wasn't like you know, it was fairly close. There was just something about uh, probably the professionalism of it that just gave me this weird bad feeling, and I was like, I'm sorry, I have to let you know that I've got another offer, and I'm I'm going to be going with with that. I was <laughs> the look of shock on my father's face, and I'm sure the look of shock on my own face. <laughs> um, like that's just a way. It's a sometimes the way things shake out. But I think it's important. Like we trust your gut too. And we've said before, you know, if you ask for an extension and 
you don't like their response, not just like they say no, but if you don't like how they say no or they put extra pressure on you to say yes right now or give your answer right now, then maybe that tells you something about the work culture there too that you may or may not jive with. Absolutely. I mean, at the end of the day, there's all there are a million companies out there, a million great jobs. So at the end of the day, there is the sense that even if you say no, there's going to be something else. So you don't have to put so much pressure on it. But an offer in hand is still <laughs> an offer in hand, and especially if it's at a good company and you're interested in it, you really do have to to weigh the, those options and think about it. But certainly, I do think like that how they treat you through the process, the interview process, the the signing process, whatever it might be, could be an indication of company culture or what you might experience when you're working there as well. And it's something to consider when you're weighing that decision on whether to accept or or decline um, an offer in hand. Um, one of the things that we always want students to be aware of is the potential risks involved. Mm-hmm. Um, and some of those we kind of say, hey, don't worry about this one. The one we already mentioned is you're asking for more time. That's not a risk. The the worst case scenario in that say situation, they no. say no. They say no. We're, we're telling all of our candidates that they need to know by this date. Um, so to be fair, we're doing the same thing with you. Um, and that's going to be a common response sometimes. Um, but the other risks are what, what people think about when they hear reneging is where you might accept a position, continue to recruit elsewhere, and then pull back and pull out of your your commitment. Mm, we've seen um, that. And that's where risks come in that can be huge for you. Um, the article mentions the idea of a lot of times it feels impersonal where you're like, you know what, I'm never going to see these people again. Or you're going to feel confident that you're never going to see this person again. But at the end of the day, I mean, we see it all the time at career fairs and things. Re- recruiters move constantly. It's really like a one to two year cycle pretty commonly. They're moving between companies and moving to different roles. I This was many years ago, but there was a situation with a student who had been you know, on the recruiting scene, accepted a job, but then continued to interview mm. at bigger companies and ended up interviewing with the same recruiter who hired them yikes right because they had maybe maybe it was like over the summer they accepted they continued to recruit in the fall and in those intervening months they had moved jobs and they went and they went so what happened you know what happened at google or whatever and they were like (laughs) and that's how we heard about it um because that recruiter then (laughs) called our office and was like what are you teaching these kids so it's not only that, like you might end up encountering that person down the road within the same industry. It's also those people are often at the same recruitment events. Yeah. Um, they know each other. They, they know each other too. So the, what you really want to avoid is having your name stick out to someone for the wrong, for the reasons. wrong reason. Um, and this is one of those where if they know that you're still continuing to recruit, even though you accepted an offer, um, that that's a really bad look to them because they, they've put a lot of time and effort into hiring. you. They really want to work with you. Um, it's the same kind of thing. If, if you found out that you were, you accepted an offer for six months from now and you were kind of coasting here at school and then you realized a month before your job that, Oh wait, we found a better candidate. Um, that would be devastating to you. And just for them too, there's, there's an element of it can be really tough um, from their perspective as well. Um, that being said, I mean, there are situations that, that Michael mentioned earlier that you might 
need to or your circumstances might change or you 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 find something else out that you you need to approach a situation um and and how how do you do that in a way that is the the best situation possible like how do you still stay in good graces or at least try to avoid that as much as possible even if you do have to renege um is part of what this article kind of talks about too the article also goes into some some circumstances where it's unavoidable. Exactly. Yeah. Right. There's, there's and there are there are life circumstances. Somewhat you fall ill. Some major life change. Uh, you know, a partner, family member. Say one of your. You know, it's possible for a student that suddenly has to. You know, return home because a, a parent has uh, fallen ill, or they have responsibilities that they have to take over on behalf of their parents. Um, so in circumstances like that, it's like your life has changed from the time you said yes. Um, I think that the article makes a really good point that when that happens, it's still best to try and have that conversation in person or at least over the phone, probably, or on Zoom, some, some, some human connection. Don't just shoot off an email. So yeah, yeah, it's kind of like, it feels like old school advice, but it still makes a big difference, especially at the end of the day, it might not, impact it they may still feel terrible and that they may not there, there may be negative connotations with for you that stick around with that company because you're doing this no matter what yeah but it increases the odds that you can maybe have a human connection with someone they might they might value that you ha- were brave enough to actually bring this up to them rather than just shooting an email and then going it's kind of like the the breakup over text kind of thing uh, yeah yeah I, I, it is true and you never know I mean, again, I, I'm not trying to make promises on behalf of companies, but you never know might, what might come of it. If they really want you to be their employee, they might find a way to make it work in your new circumstances, right? It is particularly in this day and age with remote work. Now, those circumstances, they may not still fit your life change, but they may want to see if they can make it work. Yeah, and there are different shades of this, right? It might be that you realize that what you committed to is untenable for X, Y, or Z, but maybe they're willing to accommodate what one of those things are. Um, Maybe none of those are are the case, and you're just going to have to pull out no matter what, but it's still still good to to give them that face time for it, even if at the end of the day, say shove off (laughs) even if they're they're upset about it which what you should expect anyway um it's still the the right way to approach it um when i first got started in thinking about these kind of situations um a phrase that i believe claire used to use it's just the idea of requesting um i just had it in my head requesting I'd like to be, I would like to request to be relieved of my commitment or like, uh, uh-huh. to, to be re- removed from my contract uh-huh. kind of thing. The idea that it feels more like you're giving them the choice yeah, to, to release you from your contract as opposed to you saying I'm out. Um, it's so funny. It's, uh, I was also going to bring up a clarism because, uh, she wrote an article on the, the, the old version of our blog that was mm. the number one. Uh, it would swap places. The number one or number two blog of of all time uh, on the old Pen and Beyond blog, and it was called "Don't Ruin Your Career Mojo," uh, and it was about you know how not to renege an offer for all the reasons we already talked about. Yeah. Recruiters talk, and it could get, come back to bite you in the ass down the road. Um, so I always think about 
that too. Like, don't you know your reputation is important. Your your yep. career mojo, as she called it, I always like that. Like you're you're gonna have an aura around you. If you and at the end of the day, the U.S. is not like it's at will employment. They can't require you to work when you've you've committed to this right. thing. So even if you're asking to be released from your contract, you're requesting to be released. Um, they can't force you right. to. Right. So, I mean, I think the article makes a uh, an interesting point, which is like, can you renege on an offer? Well, yes, you can. It's There's yes. nothing illegal about yeah, they're, it, they're, right? They're, so it's all circumstantial and reputational, right? So, like, yes, you're not going to get thrown in jail. Are people going to be pissed off at you? Is it going to come back to haunt you professionally down the road? Maybe. So those are all the things that you have to consider. And, and when I talk to students, that's what I want. I like to go through the ideas of this is how you should think about it and how it might affect you in the future so you can have the perspective to make the best decision possible. Um, because you, it is a decision that you have. It is an option that you have. But you need to know what you're getting yourself into so you don't just – renege at company a and then realize three or four years down the road that you'd love to work for company a and apply to a position there but they still have in their records that you you withdrew on them um and that that might your reputation may live on because of that in a in a negative way so we we haven't really touched on it but i think one last thing to talk about is you know this idea is one of the main reasons that uh, our position has softened on it over the years which is the idea of this accelerated recruiting schedule now and the fact that you might be getting an offer your sophomore summer for after graduation and what like so many things can happen in, in, in it's half your college career right so what what what's our stance on that? What are we talking about with students? What are we saying to employers? We, uh, the, I think the most interesting thing is that when we've talked to employers about it, employers are now saying, "Yeah, we're sort of building that into the equation now because we yeah, recognize we there's going to be attrition because we're asking someone for a commitment so far in advance, and you know, life happens. So we're being we're sort of baking it into the equation now that we're going to lose X percent of people who say yes." I mean, the whole thing just seems insane to me. Yeah. I mean, we still look at it in a similar light because you still, you, you don't. Still made a commitment. You made a commitment and you don't know what that's going to be. Like, there may be companies that are building that in. There may be companies that are really relying or really had their hopes up that you would be working with a specific team um, in their, their office or, or at their, their company. And that might really disappoint them. So you still kind of want to approach it with caution. Um, but yeah, we have heard from companies that they know that because recruitment is so early that they know that this is going to happen. Um, so there is a, a sense of this is just something that is going to be more more common in the future, which is why we used to say hardline just up front, no, never do it, don't even think about it. And the biggest shift in our approach is instead letting students make the decision that they think will be best for them, understand the risk that could be involved, and then look at what, what that means for them, whether they make the decision to do that or not. Risk reward. It's all yep. about risk reward, right? Yeah, and the risks are hard to evaluate, though, which is why I think you, when you have that offer, you know that that thing is there in front of you. It's usually easier to take it, but the the risks are hard to evaluate. Like like the things that we mentioned may never happen. It may Absolutely, be that, yeah, yeah. It, it maybe that doesn't never comes back. It doesn't haunt come you. back to haunt you. But you also don't know what the future holds. So the the rule of thumb is always like stay in as good graces with as many people, people as, as possible. possible. Um, 
Cause you might today say, you know what? I, I thought that I wanted this industry now. And now I realize that i never want to work for that industry again. So I'm more focused on this other industry. Um, but two years from now, you may change your mind. <laughs> you may change your mind and realize that you do, or maybe that company has other roles in, in other fields that could stand out too. Yeah. Or the company you go to gets bought out by the company you reneged on. And then you're, Ooh, I didn't even think about that. It one. happens. Yeah, happened, it happens. Yeah. Yeah, actually, it was the reverse. That just happened to my brother-in-law. He left a company, and then the company he went to almost immediately bought the company. (laughs) He left. But I feel like he's on on the (laughs) higher ground there, right? Because, like, you know, first of all, he doesn't have to worry about losing his job because now he's the buyer, not the buyer. But but it is funny, I think, like, now he's having meetings with, like, the people he just quit, right? But but also they're like, hey, that's that's life. That's a game. It's so much of it is the risk reward that we talked about and what feels safest. And some of that depends on you and your risk tolerance um, or, or what, where your values lie. We talk about values a lot and what's important to you. Maybe you are gung ho and don't care the, let the, what is it? Let the bridges I burn guide my way. Wow. I have incredibly low risk tolerance. <laughs> yeah, I do so. I do so. Um, but but so there is there is room there that for each individual can can kind of make the decision for itself as long as they understand what that risk is and then try to mitigate the risk by doing a lot of things that we're talking about, like stay in good graces where possible, still be appreciative and an understanding of the burden that you cause on them if you if you do renege um, or the excitement you have from the offer when you're asking for more time. Um, just being really compassionate in how you approach that, even if at the end of the day you make a decision that, that might not be the best for whoever it is or you might be asking them to do something that may not be in their best interest because at the end of the day, company A who has that offer to you may not be in their best interest to give you more time because they probably have a feeling that you might want to move to company B and that's why you want them more time. But so when you're being compassionate, that always helps them help you. I think we talked about this in another podcast, but the idea that sometimes I think we talked about it for negotiation, but the people that you're talking to in these scenarios are oftentimes kind of going to bat for you that's with exact, other people. That's exactly right. Yeah. So when you're staying in good graces with that person, maybe it's a recruiter um, or someone else on the team. Um, they're the ones fighting to right? give you they, whatever. Again, you're the prize, right? They yes. want you to come on board. So the more like gracious you can be and compassionate you can be through the process is always going to both increase your odds to get what you want. One, um, it sounds a little psychopathic, but it, it, it's true. But it also kind of keep your reputation in good standing, hopefully, in the Don't future. be a jerk and be honest. Yep. Uh, it, it's funny. I mean, uh, you know, one final thing. This sort of came up this morning. Yeah, we were discussing a too. student who uh, has an offer but is waiting to hear about a pretty prestigious non-work opportunity, right? A, a scholar research yeah, position. Yeah, fellowship type position. And so was asking, you know, how do I approach that? Because I don't want to lose this opportunity because it's, you know, it's it's great that I'm a semifinalist, but it's still a long shot that I'll be the one person that gets this. Yep. We're like, just, just tell them. Be upfront with it. Tell them, especially once you have an offer in hands or through the process, like let them know that, there's probably a lot of positive things associated with that. You can talk about what you're focused on that make you a finalist for whatever it might be. If it's Rhodes or Fulbright, like there are right. things it could that be, are, it, it could be a real feather in their cap if, yep. to say, yeah, if you get that, go and do it. And when, and we'll hold this job for you and 
you'll be all over our website as, you know, world famous scholar now working for our consulting firm or whatever job it was. So I just think there were I think there were no downsides to that student being upfront about it. Yeah. And at the end of the day, it is true. Like those are those positions are so incredibly rare that the chances are slim. Like the process happens after you need to accept somewhere. So it's a small chance that you would get it. But be upfront, let them know so they don't feel blindsided. The worst thing you could do is have them be completely surprised and have to change everything that they're doing. Yeah. Again, famously, I was asked in my interview, what would happen if we hire you and you get your dream dream job, you know, six months into this? And I was like, see ya. <laughs> I'd quit. I'd quit. Um, but I quickly followed that up with, but I've been out of school for a year and a half. And those dream jobs are very difficult to get. So here I am, right? I've been trying for almost two years to land that dream job it's tricky so here i am and i'm committed to that but if it came along and i've heard that people really appreciated your honesty in that moment that's what i was told i i mean here i am i I was there i was there you were in high school (laughs) (laughs) don't cry (laughs) it's all over folks uh all right well uh sam how was your spring break? You don't know yet because we're recording this in the past. It's going to be fantastic. Like a movie, Michael. Like, like a, a movie? movie? Like The Hangover? Exactly. Uh-oh. Sam's off to how, Vegas. How old are you? Old enough. Old, <laughs> <laughs> old enough to go to Vegas. Yeah. Uh, where did we go? Natty and I went to Vegas together, and we had those little... Grilled cheese soup balls. Those were good. Oh, it was uh, uh, was it like Michael Simon? It was it, one of, one of yeah, those big it was a fancy re- like chef restaurant yeah, tour yeah. kind of guys. Uh, I think it was Michael Simon. It might not have been. It might have been. Uh, I have it. I have it in my notes, but I don't remember. Bam! It was not Emerald. It was it not Emerald. No, it was. Um, Michael Simon sounds about right. It was you know it was one of those TV people for yeah. sure. It wasn't Bobby Flay? No, no. But it was great. It was really good. It was all, it was a build essentially as American tapas because it was all small plates but with American flavor. So it was grilled cheese soup dumplings. So they were like these little croutons filled with cheese and French onion soup. Yep. We got in a little bit of trouble for that bill. Just a little bit. Leon smoothed it over. Yeah. Find the place with the grill. We're, we're planning poolside hamburgers. That's the thought right oh, now. That'll so be hopefully good. that won't break the bank. No, I think you're no. good. There's a you can go. Um, did we go to? We went to In and Out in Vegas. There was an In-N-Out. animal style. Yeah, yeah. We did. Mm-hmm. that's the good stuff. There's also a Pink's Hot Dogs in Vegas. Oh, okay, okay. There's there's, there's cheap Leon eats. didn't go to In and Out with. Was he not there yet? Uh, or he had left. I think he had left. Uh, we stayed just, a little. Yeah, bit longer. it was just you and me. Yeah, okay. Because we were handshaking it. Back in the day, the boys. Back in the day, they used to tack on the handshake conference to the after the national conference. So we'd go to the national career services conference, and then we'd get to stay for the two extra days of handshake conference. Mm. But then it got it got too big. Now we have to do regionals, and now it's all on Zoom. Now it's all virtual. Now they don't let us go anywhere. You could still go to Vegas and just be on. Oh, Zoom we could. In Vegas. You're right. We yeah. Why did we think <laughs> of that? <laughs> we could Zoom from a. <laughs> From our hotel that rooms. Poolside from, from with hamburgers. Pool pool there we go. All right. Well, I hope everyone had a good spring break. We'll have a good spring break 
whenever you're hearing this. And we'll see you next time on CS Radio. This podcast is presented by the University of Pennsylvania Career Services, a division of University Life. It was created by Milan Kirshner and J. Michael DeAngelis. It was produced and hosted by J. Michael DeAngelis and Natty Leach and mixed and edited by Sam Pasco. If you enjoyed this episode, please rate and review us on Apple Podcasts, Podchaser, or wherever you're listening. See you next time on CS Radio.